Hello and welcome back to the PAL with Tani G. I'm your host, Tani G. We're in Picariello's Treasury, Season 2 of the PAL with Tani G. Questions, comments, suggestions are always welcome at MaximumTEE at Yahoo.com. Chapter 2, Paragraph 14, Parak Bet Mishnah Yadalid. We're talking with the Rav Yochanan Menzakai looking to his five students to give the answers to the proper or not proper way of life. God forbid. Today we're looking at the not proper way of life, seemingly the converse of the previous Mishnah paragraph, but really we'll see what the comments teach us that it's not so simple. Amar Lahem, Rav Yochanan Benzakai said to his students, Si'u u adam. Go out and discern which is the evil path from which a man should distance himself. Rabbi Eliezer Omer, Rabbi Eliezer says, Ayin hara, an evil eye, seemingly the opposite of what each of the students answered last time, yesterday's paragraph. Rabbi Yeshua Omer, Rabbi Yeshua says, Chavera, a wicked friend. Rabbi Yossi Omer, Shachinra. Rabbi Yossi says, a wicked neighbor. Rabbi Shimon Omer, Rabbi Shimon says, Halova ve'enam ashalim, one who borrows and does not repay. Echad alova mina adam, kalova mina makum. One who borrows from man is like one who borrows from the omnipresent, from God. Shinemar, as it says, Lova rasha velo yashalim, the wicked one borrows and does not repay. While the righteous one is gracious and grives from Psalms 37.21. Rabbi Elezer Omer, Rabbi Elezer says, Lev Ra, wicked heart. Amr Lahem, Rabbi Yochanan Mezake says to them, I prefer the words of Elezer ben Arach to your words, for included in your words are his words, or in his words really are included your words. So seemingly we see the different answers to what a bad path is to avoid and how Elezer ben Arach, Rabbi Elezer ben Arach's answer is the best one, according to Rabbi Yochum and Zaka, that the evil heart is the worst one because everything is implied and comes from that. So let's see what the comments say, what else we could see from this Mishnah. He said to them, go out and discern which is the evil path, even though it might have seemed obvious that the evil path is the exact opposite of desirable traits the five disciples listed in the previous mission, this is not necessarily the case. For example, while satisfaction with one's lot or magnanimity, excuse me, toward others are certainly desirable, one may not automatically assume that a desire for luxuries or excessive thriftiness are negative since they generally do no harm to others. Similarly, while scrupulously righteous behavior is admirable, one would be hard-pressed to condemn those who do not maintain such a rigid standard. Therefore, even after hearing their definitions of the good path, Rav Yochum Zaki inquired of his students which path they considered evil. He intended to make it clear that the negative counterparts of the five virtues are specifically evil. The Chidah says, Rav Yochanan ben Zakai solicited his disciples' opinions regarding the evil path in order to ascertain whether they had accepted his assessment that a good heart is the epitome of the good path, and each one answered with his own perspective. The evil eye refers to parsimony, according to Rav, alternatively it refers to the pursuit of luxuries, implying that the term connotes a corrupt sense of values. According to Rav Yonah, it refers to selfishness, while a generous spirit prompts all types of virtuous behavior, monetary and emotional stinginess are the root of most unethical and evil activities. Ayn Ra'a also indicates a jealous outlook, and that could bring harm to the person viewed. 
The person with the evil eye who has a negative view of life lives in constant dissatisfaction and jealousy. Furthermore, he imputes bad motives to his friends and teachers and doubts their sincerity. Because of his cynicism, he may even question his own values and beliefs from Tefrax Yisrael. The story on the bottom says, Harmful eye it is for this reason that one should always try to maintain a low profile and not arouse the jealousy of others. It explains that such jealousy can cause harm to its victim because the victim may have been responsible for arousing such baseness in others. See, Printed in Mude Olam 254, Rav Chaim Friedlander for an incisive understanding of the damaging effect of Ayn Ra. Interestingly, the sages always refer to the evil eye in singular rather than to the eyes. It is only by shutting one eye to the godliness inherent in every man, instead of looking at his human flawed side, that one is able to look upon others negatively. From Chasle Avos. So Rabbi Yeshua said the wicked friend, it refers to oneself. One must be careful not to be a bad friend by acting unkindly towards others. From Rav Yonah. According to Teferi's Israel, it is having a wicked friend that invites spiritual disaster. The negative influence of a bad friend draws one off the proper path. Rav Yossi said a wicked neighbor. A wicked neighbor is a bad role model and must be avoided at all costs. Many people can commiserate and understand that. Rambam writes, By nature, people adapt their behavior to their surroundings and to think and act like their friends. Hence, it is imperative that one befriend righteous people and live among righteous people in order to emulate them. That's why they say... When it came to the Korach rebellion, Reuven was swept up in it, even though they really had no, really partaking of it, really had no benefit from it because they were not going to be leaders anyway. So what's the difference who leaded them, who led them? But uh, they say, I think Rashi says, because they were surrounding and neighbors to Korach, the wicked person, they themselves were negatively influenced. But by contrast, being neighborly to someone good has good effects so try to have good neighbors likewise one must keep a distance from evil people if he lives in a place inhabited by wicked persons he should move to one that is inhabited by upright people and if such a place can't be found he should dwell in solitude if the evil people of his place will not allow him to live in solitude then he must run away even to an uninhabited desert to escape their decadent influence or if shimon said borrowing and not repaying this is the counterpart of his previous statement in the sense that borrowing without sufficient forethought as to that borrowing without sufficient forethought as to how one will repay the debt is equivalent of not foreseeing the future. When one cannot repay, he damages his credit standing and will not be able to secure any loans in the future, as Rav explains. Aviona says this is a case where not acting with an eye to future consequences is actually evil, since it may occur the transgression of defaulting on a loan. But you must take objective assessment of the ability to repay before accepting a loan. And if in doubt Succumb to the pressure of the circumstances and accept it. Instead, he should suffer the temporary discomfort. And don't, don't, don't accept the pressure of the circumstances and accept it. Excuse me. Instead, he should suffer the temporary discomfort of foregoing necessities. He may not seek to be excused for non-payment on the basis that he could not resist the pressure of his needs. Rather than misleading the lender, let the potential borrower swallow his pride and ask for a gift. It's better to be ashamed in this world than the world to come, as Reben Shlomo explains. When a borrows from the man is like what borrowing from God, God repays the lender whose debtor is unable to make good on the loan. Hence, the borrower is really indebted to the omnipresent, as Rob explains. Where are the deserts today at the bottom? Chazanesh would often tell people that to escape the academies of Torah study is the only way to save oneself from immorality prevalent in society. The yeshivas are the uh, deserts, he would say. Even if one must operate in a decadent world, he should at least prepare himself by spending years studying in Torah institutions. In this way, you will build up an immunity to spiritual contamination that dominates the culture. And repaying God, Medrash Shmuel 
interprets this label as an allegorical expression for a sinner. One who disregards God's word is indebted to him, and tshuva is the means by which he can repay the debt. One who does not repent fails to foresee the future, for without repentance he will sooner or later have to pay the price of his misdeeds. Chidush Arim notes that tshuva literally means return. All sin is actually a form of theft, Form of form of theft for man misappropriates the abilities endowed by God and uses them against him. Repentance entails making a restitution for the theft by rededicating one's talents, abilities, and very life to his creator. And let's move over to the wicked one borrows and does not pay. The verse when a wicked person does not repay his learned God, whose essence is righteousness, graciously serves as a guarantor and repays the lender. Ravion explains the verse contrasts two types of debtors, one who does not repay a loan is not deemed evil if he really is destitute and unable to pay. The evil exists if he borrowed without having objectively evaluated his ability to make restitution. The righteous person, on the other hand, assumes only as much as the obligation as he feels he can reasonably handle, while one who pays his debts is only fulfilling an obligation for which he deserves no gratitude or honor. An honorable borrower returns the money graciously and earns the gratitude and love of his creditors. Therefore, he is a righteous person. A wicked heart, Ravos Rabbeinu Nelson defines in reference to three areas. A wicked heart toward heaven is ready to transgress Torah prohibitions. A wicked heart is reluctant to make the effort to fulfill the 248 positive commands. And a wicked heart towards fellow man. And Rambam explains that taking revenge and bearing a grudge are rooted in the framework of a good heart. For example, a man asks his friend to lend him an item and the friend refuses. A few days later, the roles were reversed. The second man is cautioned not to refuse on the basis of his refusal. Rather, you should give the friend the item wholeheartedly and not seek to pay back the friend with a similar action. One must not even bear a grudge, but must seek to totally erase the indiscretion from his heart, and then this will promote better life. The heart is the root of all man's emotions, thoughts, and actions. Just as decay in the roots of a tree will spread to the tree itself, so too, and destroying all its vigor and beauty, so a wicked heart will spread its moral decay throughout man's entire being. Join us next time as we move over to three different statements that the st- students said here on the PAL with Tani G. I'm your host, Tani G.